When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Farm goddess, agricultural princess, queen of all that moves. Nah, let's stick with farm babe. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. little warmer Thursday on the way for the state of Wisconsin. Good morning, everyone. I'm Farm Director Pam Youngke. Glad to welcome you in. A few more clouds today than sunshine, but 80 are expected high. Tonight, about a 30% chance of rain going into Friday morning. Then Friday, a good 50% chance of thunderstorms probably early in the day. 75 are expected high on Friday. Saturday, another 50% chance of showers and 59. Sunday, uh, some partly sunny skies, 60 degrees. And Monday, 63 are expected high. So today, the warmest we've seen since last week's excessive heat. Trying to keep control of weeds, a major challenge for Wisconsin farmers this year. Even if you've got the product on hand, the weather's been a challenge to try to get that product down. And what are you going to do if you need a rescue treatment? We'll bring uh, Dr. Rodrigo Worley, our University Extension weed specialist, into that conversation. We'll also introduce you to another of our Alice in Dairyland finalists as we head toward the weekend. And Katie Burgess with EverAg is our special guest this morning to tell us what's going on in the marketplace. By the way, if you're watching it, Dow Jones Industrial Average this morning down another more than 200 points. Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at ruralmutual.com slash careers. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. So many good things to look forward to at this time of the year. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. You know, you just take a look around in a matter of uh, 10 days' time. How many more colors are out there? The flowers are out there. Grass is greener, and of course, farmers getting a lot of work done. And that's not just when you see those corner bean planters out there going. A lot of farmers are busy, including our Wisconsin strawberry growers. Jill, you got a chance to find out just exactly how the crop's coming along. And despite, I guess we'd have to say, a little bit of a delayed start this spring, everybody with strawberries seems to be pretty happy, huh? Yes, they do, Pam. I had the opportunity to talk to Paul McElwam from McElwam Orchards and Strawberries. Just the other day, this is Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. We started out talking about the cold weather and if it was going to set him back. And he was very positive that they were not going to have a problem and the harvest would be on time. We also went in a little bit into weed control and what they take care of the pl- plants after harvest. It has a little bit, but the weather it actually is good for strawberries and, and apples. Um, the nice thing is that it's been cool, and when you're growing strawberries, uh, the longer it could stay cool before you uncover them, the better off you have of preventing a, a later freeze. And did you just uncover them? You said that was a little bit behind this year? Yeah, we just uncovered them. We usually uncover them about April 12th, so we're about two and a half weeks behind as far as uncovering them. 
that doesn't mean that the season will be two and a half weeks later. It's just that we, if, if we get some heat and warm weather like we're supposed to get this next week, they'll catch up. But it is later. When approximately do you think we're going to be able to pick those little buggers? Uh, usually it's around June 18th or 20th we start. Uh, again, it all depends on the weather. But in the past years, that's about been our starting date. And along with that starting date, how long does your season usually last? Uh, if we can get four weeks, that's fantastic. Most of the time, three weeks. Again, if it gets real hot in July, uh, then the berries, they can dry up. Or um, sometimes we just get picked out, too, and we just don't have any berries left. So we jumped right into the harvest of them. But there's a lot of things that you have to do ahead of time to get those berries going and get them out toward the public. What are some of the updates that you've just done here on the farm? Well, we just put in some underground irrigation. We did that because last year was such a horrific year for the weather. Um, this way we, we don't have to worry about, actually we have people sometimes drive over the pipe. Um, this year it's all covered, don't have to move it, and um, it's good to go. And we just finished that up. You're talking about irrigation. Do you have irrigation through all of your strawberry fields? Yep, I have irrigation through all the strawberry fields. It's a must in our area because out of the 20 years that I had it, I probably only didn't use it one year. So that means every year we have a frost around May 15th to the 20th when the um, berries are in blossom. That's another thing about this year. The blossoms may be a little later, so that'll prevent, you know, the, the freeze may come a little sooner and they won't be in blossom, so we won't have to worry about it. This really isn't the traditional irrigation because you're talking about using the irrigation to protect from frost. How does that work? Well, the way it works is if the weather gets down to about 34 degrees, I start the tractor up and the irrigation is run on a PTO pump. And as long as you're putting water on the strawberry plants, then it protects them. And what happens is that as, the, as it gets colder throughout the night, um, ice forms. And believe it or not, it's the ice that keeps the strawberry blossoms from freezing, as long as you keep putting water on them. So you're protecting them from frost, but you do have a lot of different kind of pests that you have to take care of out here. So what do you guys traditionally do for your pests? Well, for the pests, what I do is I usually start scouting once the buds pop out, and I'm looking for the clipper. There's some other bugs, but if we do have a problem, I do have to spray a pesticide um, I only like to spray if I need to, so um, hopefully it's not too much. Along with those pests, you guys take a real independent look at your weeds, and how do you control those? Well, what we do is we start weeding as soon as they start to pop up, so that's, that is, that's a problem the weeds can be. But um, I get pickers to pull the weeds, and they, we, we do that for sometimes two weeks to pull the weeds. Weeds have always been a problem, but we do have the straw. So what we do when we, un when we uncover the straw, we just roll it over into the aisle. And that helps keep the soil moist, and it also helps keep the weeds down. So let's take a look at some of the varieties that you use out here at Foster. Uh, I grow three varieties. I grow Jewel, I grow Cavendish, and I grow Wendy. And the reason I grow three different varieties is because they're spaced out and when they ripen. Wendy starts the earliest, and then Cavendish comes in about a week later, and then about six, seven days later than Cavendish is Jewel. And how do you make these choices, just so you have a variety of harvest times? 
Uh, that's one of the reasons. Another one is to see which, which berries are winter hardy. And those three varieties are very winter hardy and they can produce some pretty good yields over the years. And um, I usually keep a bed for about four years. And then I, and then I, I rotate it and I plant usually some rye or some other type of grass. So it's usually about three to four years is how long I keep a bed. So we're going to slide back into harvest. Are your beds open for people to come in and harvest, or do you have them all pre-picked and sent out? Well, we have about eight and a half acres of berries, and some of them are pre-picked, and we sell them up in Eau Claire. Um, the other patches are used for U-pick. And yet we have people that come out to pick them. We open at 6 o'clock in the morning, and people are usually here about quarter quarter to 6, waiting to get in. We just uh, I just take them out and then give them a row, and they pick. As a, as a person that's been out here, it usually fills up pretty quick. Last year, I know it was wall-to-wall cars, and I was here before 6 o'clock. So do you ever really run out of berries during the day? Uh, we do. We're only open from 6 till noon, and there are times when we have closed at 9 o'clock because um, there aren't any more berries. And, and it's amazing. People, they, they understand. They, they're not... They're not upset, they understand it, and then they'll say, well, we'll try again in a couple days. And along with that, so how long does it take, once you're kind of picked out, how many days or how long does it take for the next berries to ripen up for you? If it's sunny out, it usually takes three days. It's amazing. I can go out there one day and look and see that they're not ready, and the next day, all of a sudden, all you see is red. So it happens, it just happens real quick, especially if you get the heat and the sun. So we've talked about getting those berries out there, and you've uncovered them, and they've been with straw. There must be something you must have to do with them in the fall. What do you guys do? After the season is over, uh, the first thing I do is I mow them over. I take a, like a lawnmower, and I mow the plants over, so just above the crown, about an inch and a half, two inches above the crown. After that, I take my rototiller, and the rototiller has missing tines in the middle. So what I do is I just go down the row, and I, and I narrow it up because I don't want the rows to be so wide. So when I'm done, the rows are probably 8 to 10 inches wide. And if you were to come out here and after I've done that, you would think I've tilled everything up. It looks like nothing's there. And then in about two weeks, the plants start to come through. And after that, I wait for it to freeze a few nights. And about mid to late November, I put on the straw. And I, this year I put on a lot of straw. I put on over 145 big round bales. So, and that, that keeps the plants safe during the winter, and it's nice for the next year for picking when people come out in there picking. So you put the straw on. Do you go out there and you just chop it all on there, or do you just lay it out in the big slices? No, I got a big bale buster, and what that does is it grinds it up and then shoots it out all over the rows. It works good. After we're done with that, we do have to walk the, the patches to make sure it's all covered, though, with our pitchforks. But other than that, it does a pretty good job. Sounds like a little bit of maintenance that goes into keeping those strawberries coming. I am looking forward to the opening date and coming out here and picking some strawberries. Can you remind me again when your date is and where you're located? Uh, we're located in Foster. We're just about 15 minutes south of Eau Claire. Um, our opening date is usually the, about the third week of June. Oh, we're open Monday. We're open every day of the week. Berries, if berries are available, from 6 in the morning until noon.
Sounds delicious. And that was Paul Macawam, owner of Macawam's Orchard and Strawberries down here at Foster, Wisconsin. And I'm Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Oakland. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Nothing feels more like summer than bare feet on freshly cut grass. And this Memorial Day, the Home Depot has savings on all the things you need to get your lawn in shoeless shape. Get hassle-free cutting, trimming, and cleaning power with cordless lawn tools from RYOBI. Whatever your lawn needs, we have tools to get the job done that won't leave you tangled up. So what are you waiting for? It's time to feel the grass between your toes. Feels like Memorial Day at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. If you're talking, they will hear you every single time. Oh, we're getting killed. Yeah, well, Kyle's not here. How come? Kicked off the team. Didn't Tim tell you? Kyle and some other kids got caught drinking beer in the park a couple of nights ago. Really? Yeah. Zero tolerance. He's out for the season. Come on, it's a first offense, right? That we know of. But why should that matter? He knew not to drink. I've made it clear to Matt that's what we expect from him. What have you said to Tim? Um, nothing really. You know, a lot of kids try it at this age, so... Yeah, well, a lot of kids don't try it, too. I'm not saying that Matt's going to be this perfect kid, but if I don't tell him what we expect and why he shouldn't drink, how's he going to know? You think kids that age really listen? <laughs> they never admit it, Bill, but they hear more than you think. Talk. They hear you. For more information about talking with kids about underage drinking, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Because of you, someone gets to stay home in familiar surroundings. Because of you, there will always be a friendly smile. Because you are the bright star in someone's life. Bright Star Home Care is looking for caregivers and nurses. Bright Star believes working one-on-one -on -one with clients in their homes means better care. It's the reason you got into healthcare in the first place. Be the bright star in someone's life. Work with Bright Star. Apply today at brightstarjobs.com. Ham is the name. Farm speak is the game. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Yeah, nice out there this morning, but it does look like it could pick up not only as far as heat, but I think a little humidity. Time to talk a bit about what's coming our way weather-wise. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist joining us live this morning, and I'm kind of curious. I mean, so we've gotten, many of us anyhow, have gotten through that first pass on the lawn mowing. And yesterday while I was throwing uh, the Frisbee for my baby hounds, I started looking around at some of the, some of the other backyard projects that need attention. The, you know, the fun ones like weeding or trying to figure out some game plan for a berm that needs attention. And I'm not sure I want to start that today. You know what I mean? No, today's going to be a little warm again, and like you said, could start to feel a little more humid, and unfortunately, you know, where we're just going to dry out the top, so maybe get a little more work done today, another rain chance tries to build in here, especially as we look on toward tonight, late tonight, and into the day Friday. I've seen a map indicating with this next low edging in that the 
the bullseye or the area that may see the heavier rain could be an area like northeast Iowa, southeast Minnesota, into western Wisconsin. You, I mean, you read that to say La Crosse and Mauston, and in that area in western Wisconsin, up toward the central part of the state, there may be rain amounts upwards of three quarters or even one inch possible. And that would be late tonight, early tomorrow morning, if you will, and into the day Friday. That's when rain could get a lot heavier in that western part of the state. Well, the rest of us won't miss out either, but not quite to that level. I think we're talking up to a half or three quarters of an inch. It could be an inch or more in the western parts of Wisconsin. So we're going to watch this next little move in. Sprinkles this morning, at least over here, my deck had some moisture on it this morning. I see I had 11 in, 11 hundredths of an inch. My friend Paul in the eastern parts of Fond du Lac County had a quarter inch in the last 24 hours. Just some sprinkles now on the far southern edge of the state, but that next low will build in from the west. It's the one strengthening in the Pacific Northwest. We're going to try and bring a bit of a front in here late today, and that's when we see that rain chance start building in, and then it'll be around overnight and just into the day Friday. There may still be some scattered shower activity Saturday or on into Saturday night, not nearly as heavy in terms of rainfall amounts, up to a quarter inch or so Saturday or Saturday night into early Sunday, and the temperatures are the big factor. They are still going to be above normal today. That's great. Really close to normal tomorrow, and unfortunately then by Saturday and Sunday, cooler than normal temperatures are building in. That's where we talk daytime highs that will struggle to get back to near 60, even as we move our way on through Saturday and Sunday. Just going to be a lot cooler at that time. And I don't expect we're going to suddenly snap our fingers and warm back to normal. It's only a slow climb into next week, just back into the low 60s once we get that work week underway. I'll have forecast details right after this. Soil health. It's the top priority at Midwestern BioAg. It's the first thing they consider with every product at every step. It's designed to build healthy, biodiverse soils to support healthy soil, resilient crops, and higher yields. Midwestern BioAg offers biological fertilizers to optimize yields during the growing season, all the while building healthy soil for the future. To learn what a Midwestern BioAg program can do for you, visit MidwesternBioAg.com. Midwestern BioAg, better farming through better soil. My name is Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. Wisconsinites love local. Uh, we love buying local. We love knowing who we're buying from. Uh, and that's what we were able to offer to them. We keep hearing, I've really thought about solar for a long time. I'm finally able to do it because I've got a local person that I can trust. The more you know about solar, the better. But I think the most important thing is knowing who to work with. And that's us. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com and start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. Alrighty, Stu, let's have that forecast. Yeah, like I, I noticed that too, that we're going to suddenly slip off as far as temperatures this weekend. Yeah, we get that cooler spell and it sticks around early parts of next week. So be ready for that one. Uh, today, I'll say partly sunny skies and there could be just a slight chance of a shower as we head toward midday in western Wisconsin into the afternoon further east, maybe a thunderstorm late. Temps in the very upper 70s. I wouldn't be surprised to see an 80 pop up here or there. South winds only about 5 to 15. Overnight, more cloudy skies, that possibility of a shower, maybe a thunderstorm, a little more likelihood in the early morning hours, you know, 2, 3 o'clock. That's when it could be heaviest, La Crosse and Mauston, up to three quarters or, or even an inch falling. Nighttime lows in the upper 50s. 
50s and low 60s. South winds gusting to 25. Still that shower or thunderstorm chance into the morning tomorrow. Mostly cloudy, maybe something popping up again later in the day. Upper 60s tomorrow. Northwest winds develop 5 to 10. Even Saturday, well, let's call it mostly cloudy or partly sunny and a scattered shower or thunderstorm early and then again quite late in the day and will be struggling to hold on near 60, Pam, on Saturday. And Sunday, not all that much better. The very upper 50s or 60, about the warmest will be. Jeepers. That's, yeah. Again, back to that only in Wisconsin phrase that has become pretty key this year. All right, buddy. Yeah, yeah. It's there. It'll be better to grill. How about that? There you go. Let's look at that. There. Okay. <laughs> all right, buddy. We'll catch up tomorrow and see if we can put a little bit of a bow on that weekend, okay? All right, sounds good. See you later. Stumach is our ag meteorologist with the weather details you're looking for. Remember that rainfall report number, 877-301-FARM. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Oh, you know me. Easy come, easy go. Tomorrow's another day. What's the big hurry? Are you kidding me? I have the patience of a goldfish. When I get an idea in my head, I like to let it simmer. Now that's a whopper. Good thing Lazy Boy in Madison has a warehouse full of furniture ready to deliver. Good things come to those who wait. Am I right? No. You're not right. There's a coffee table at Lazy Boy, and I have room for it in my living room now. Fine wine, a fresh bread, a chocolate souffle. But where are you going to sit and enjoy it? Lazy Boy has chairs, tables, and sofas in the store right now. Take time to smell the roses. That's what I always say. And I say a new vase and a new end table are a great way to enjoy those roses. Great-looking furniture ready to deliver from Lazy Boy. Lazy decorators love Lazy Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. Sometimes it's nice to let the kids have their own space downstairs. It's also pretty awesome to expand that basement into usable living space or entertainment area. Actuate Improvement will transform your basement into a livable area everyone can enjoy. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company specializing in kitchens, baths, and basements. Let's get the conversation started with a complimentary estimate, consultation, and suggestions. ActuateLLC.com. Design. Create. Actuate. We give you the tools, knowledge, and income so you can take your career however far you want to take it. I'm Wynn Davies. W.E. Davies and Sons Remodeling is now hiring carpenters, lead carpenters. Boycott a stale career. We want you to take on a fresh perspective to your path in life. We're a local family business offering services from handyman fixes to living space upgrades. You could be your next team player to deliver stunning, transformative results. Visit wedaviesremodeling.com. You want new floors, but you're not sure if you can do it yourself. With Wiseway Flooring Designers and Technicians, you'll have the knowledge and confidence to complete the job for a fraction of what you might think. I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Economwalk. See how our helpful hints might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. Let Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison help you catch the island spirit with our Tiki Loot Party. On Saturday evening, June 4th, 37 winners will share in a massive amount of cash prizes and rewards play. It's going to be a huge night with four winners selected every half hour between 5 and 9 p.m. Then at 9.30, one grand prize winner will land a big one. 
$1,000 in cash. But don't wait until the 4th for all this tiki fun. Check out our bar for some luau-inspired drink specials all month long. Come and get the tropical feeling at... Hi, it's Preston from Window World. Our courteous and talented installation team will make your project worry-free. Whether it's a new entry door, creating that perfect statement for the front of your home, or a clean new patio door that doesn't require Herculean strength to open. No matter the task, our employees will do what it takes to earn your satisfaction. Call me today or visit windowworldmadison.com. You no longer have to hide your hands. Your hands have been taking care of everyone else. Isn't it time that you take care of your hands? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Did you know there are several aesthetic treatments that help your hands look brighter, healthier, and more youthful? Treatments such as broadband light and chemical or laser peels help with tone, texture, and getting rid of those stubborn age spots. Skin type procedures can smooth out wrinkles and fine lines as well as add new collagen. Dermal filler like Restylane Lift is used to improve the volume in the back of the hands. The results are noticed immediately, giving you a fuller, more hydrated appearance. Most treatments can last over a year and are more affordable than you might think. Now you can show off your hands with confidence. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Because of you, someone will feel more at home in their new home. Because of you, living with memory loss is a little less scary. Because you put the Bright Star in senior living. Bright Star is looking for caregivers and resident assistants. Bright Star believes in providing the highest quality assisted living and memory care. It's the reason you got into healthcare in the first place. Be the Bright Star in someone's life. Work with Bright Star. Apply today at brightstarjobs.com. Adam Stenovich, New Packers OC on the podium yesterday. Mm. Want speed and physicality. Well, what about the new wide receivers? He was asked about Romeo Dubs and Samore Toure. Take a listen. I think with all those guys, um, with Romeo and Samore, they they are going to be versatile. I think they can play multiple positions. Um, So I'm excited to kind of see. You know, obviously it's extremely early right now, but I'm excited to kind of see just like that where give them a spot and then see if they can handle that and then some more. But I think they're they're going to add some versatility to the room. All right. There's the versatility. Right? Actually, I, I have a question. So he didn't he did. No, he wasn't specifically talking about uh, Christian Watson, who was I have one, coming up. one of their higher draft picks in the second round. But, like, my first thought when he mentions Romeo Dubs and Samari Toure is, is Samari Toure going to make the roster? That's a, that's a good question. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, OTA start on Monday. Like, that's a that's a seventh-round flyer pick out of Nebraska. Now, he did make a lot of waves late with Nebraska, and then he had a really good uh, showing at, at, like, the pro day and combine stuff. Yeah. But... I mean, when you're talking about a seventh-round flyer, you're probably talking about a guy that you liked, and since you had a lot of seventh-round picks like the Packers did, you're probably just selecting him so you didn't have to fight with the undrafted free agent battles that there is with other teams. Yeah. Because, I mean, you look at it. We know Randall Cobb is going to be there, right? He's Rogers' we, boy. We know that Alan Lazard is going to be there, right? Uh, do especially, we know that? Especially if he signs a contract. Do we know that? 
We know that Sammy Watkins is going to be there. Hell yeah. He's we a know, wild boy. We know that Amari Rodgers is going to be on the roster. Yep. Hopefully that that's that's four guys right there. We haven't even started talking about anyone else. You would have to imagine Christian Watson has a spot on the roster. That's five. Yep. You'd have to imagine Romeo Dubs has a that's, spot on the and roster. How, yeah, how many receivers are they going to That's carry? six. And then you go, maybe, maybe they try and keep seven. And it, they, it, they've done that a couple times in and that middle was more of McCarthy's. Under the McCarthy that was McCarthy era, and we regime. were just talking about how the McCarthy era, they like to and, sling the football And what do we know about the Matt LaFleur era? They, they want like to be 50 the They want to run that damn ball. And so you're already at six, and that's just with the guys that you know are going to be there and the and the top two draft picks. But then you have the Malik Taylors of the world that has been kind of like the end of the receiving room slash practice squad. Yeah, Jawan Winfrey, who supposedly Aaron Rodgers likes, but again, he's been the end of the receiving room slash practice squad. And then there's Samore Toure, who you just drafted in the seventh round. And then I guess you could also so, say Danny Davis was invited uh, yeah, to training sorry, Danny camp. Davis, yeah. But but I mean, there's really probably the Malik Taylors, Jawan Winfrey's, Samari Toure's, and we'll I guess we'll throw Danny Davis into that mix. Are maybe fighting for one spot or a practice squad spot? Yeah. Like there's there's not a lot. There's not, of there's not a lot of wiggle room here, room. Yeah. and especially if they go and sign a veteran post June one, which you'd think they probably you'd would probably do. would like to. Yeah. So all right, uh, Rowdy, that's that's a good. If you put your sleuthing hat on there, well done, Toure. If you're listening, which I know everyone listens. Best of luck, brother. And he's a slot receiver. Best of luck. Which we know that Randall Cobb is a slot receiver. We know that Amari Rogers is a slot receiver. Yeah. We know that's going right. to be tough to make the squad. Let's hear about, uh, real quick, one more comment before we get to our guy, Mike Jocks Jocko. Here is uh, Adam Stenovich, the new OC, OC, excuse me, talking about what excites him about Christian Watson, the second round pick. Yeah, I mean, his combination of size and speed is great. You know, he's. He, He's a big guy. He can move. He's going to be a problem, you know, once he figures things out. So I'm excited about that. And even like Christian, he handles himself the right way. He, ever since he showed up, he's come in with a great mindset, um, intelligent, and just ready to learn. So that's that's probably his most uh, best attribute right there is just his willingness to really absorb what you have to say and, and improve on it. So I'm excited about that. Again, it is early, so, you know, OTAs begin on Monday. It's early for the Green Bay Packers. But, yes, Rowdy, there's going to be some wide receivers that they drafted, like the Samari Toure on the outside looking in. Well, I mean, I remember, whew, I think it was Ted Thompson here. It's towards the end of Ted Thompson. They drafted a kid, Malachi Dupree, out yeah. of LSU, who he was one of the top recruits coming out of high school and then had, like, one really good year in college and then kind of flubbed, and then all of a sudden – didn't necessarily have the best pro day and workouts and he was selected in the seventh round and that was when the the Packers maybe they didn't have as bad of a wide receiver room but it wasn't good no and he was a guy that he was cut early in training camp and he was their seventh round pick yeah because we know your barn smells like money. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Warmest day of the week happening today with a high of around 80 degrees. Pretty good chance of rain tomorrow morning, 75. Then we're in the 50s on Saturday, 60 on Sunday. I'm Pam Yankee. Glad you're along with us on this Thursday morning. We'll be chatting with Katie Burgess from the Everag Group uh, in about 15 minutes. 
it's not even so much about commodities, but the Dow Jones Industrial Average this morning, it's again down uh, more than 200 points as I glance at my screens. That's having some influence on our commodities. We'll talk with Katie about that in just a little bit. So today is the 19th day of May. What can I tell you? On this day back in 1962, Marilyn Monroe performed her famous edition of Happy Birthday. She sang it to U.S. President John F. Kennedy. Everybody called it pretty sultry, all kinds of conversations about whether she was under the influence of something. A lot of people believe that the two had had an affair. That uh, rendition of Happy Birthday performed today by Marilyn Monroe to John F. Kennedy back in 1962. On this day in 1959, the North Vietnamese Army started organizing the Ho Chi Minh Trail. According to the U.S. National Security Agency, the system of supply routes used by the Viet Cong was one of the greatest achievements of military engineering of the 20th century. North Vietnamese Army started organizing the Ho Chi Minh Trail this day back in 1959. Happy birthday to Peter Townsend, singer, songwriter, guitarist, the lead face of The Who. He is 77 years young today, and now you know. Well, we are continuing to introduce you to the six finalists that would like to become Wisconsin's next agriculture ambassador. Of course, on Saturday evening, we'll learn the identity of our next Alice in Dairyland. Stephanie Hoff brings us one of the candidates this morning. The Alice in Dairyland finals will be held May 19th through the 21st in Dane County. The 75th Alice will begin her term on July 5th. One of those candidates is Samantha Schussler. If selected as Alice, Schussler says she will use her food chain expertise to connect consumers to Wisconsin producers. So the past year and a half, I have worked both in production and in grocery retail. And I also grew up on a dairy farm, so I've been in all three aspects of the food supply chain. So I really have seen consumers firsthand in the stores looking for certain kinds of products, looking for new innovations, they're looking for sustainability, they're looking for locally sourced products, and I want to run for Allison Dairyland to help them find locally sourced products here in Wisconsin. Hey, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? What's your background in agriculture? Yes, so I grew up in Antigo, Wisconsin, which is a city in Langlade County. I grew up on a Holstein farm. We milk about 420 Holsteins um, with my parents and my three siblings. We actually had a few jerseys just from what I showed, but I grew up showing sheep, dairy cattle, horses, pigs, was in 4-H and FFA. I went on to school in California at California Polytechnic State University in San Luis Obispo, and I got a major in dairy science with a minor in agricultural communications. Where can we find you today? You can find me now working for the Hershey Company, and I also used to work for Sartori Cheese, um, making wheels of cheese in their production line and also selling it at the retail grocery stores. So what skills from your background are you going to take with you uh, into this candidate experience? So I would say my hardworking passion and drive that I gained from my dairy farm, but also all the knowledge I gained from working with Wisconsin cheesemakers at Sartori Cheese and seeing new faces that are on the other side of how our products are made. And then I'm also going to take 
the information I know from consumers, like what they want to hear, and I've seen in the retail stores and try to help them better understand where the products are coming from. What are you most excited to get out of this experience? I think even just the Alice in Dairyland being a top candidate experience is going to be great for me to learn more about products in Wisconsin and just to expand my knowledge and what I can take to any consumer I meet on the daily at my job. What's something new that you think you would bring to the 75th Alice in Dairyland position? I think I have a lot more experience in the grocery retail food supply chain aspect and I think knowing that I've seen a lot of hiccups down the road that many other people maybe don't know if they only were in production or they were only on the farm Um, whereas I've seen the whole cycle now um, and I think I can bring a lot of knowledge from all the different areas that I've worked in. That's one of the 75th Alice in Dairyland top candidates Samantha Schussler. You can learn more about the candidates at midwestfarmreport.com. I'm Stephanie Hoff. Sick calves got you down? Draining your profits, time, and motivation? Get your calf up and moving now with BioVet's new Baselight Calf Electrolyte. Baselight contains balanced electrolytes for restoring and maintaining proper fluid levels in scouring calves. It's easy to mix, palatable, and calves are eager to drink it down to the last drop. Stop feeling down. Pick up the phone and order BioVet's Baselight. Call 1 800 BioVet 1. 1 800 B I O V E T 1. Whether it's a lot or a little, we need your rainfall reports. The Rural Mutual Rainfall Report is on. Text your rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Be sure and include your name and where you're reporting from because every month we'll pick a winner for a digital weather station courtesy Rural Mutual Insurance. Premiums paid here, stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. Text those rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. Let's focus in on your money for a little bit. In the next two weeks or so, hopefully, we're going to start to see Wisconsin strawberries available again. But it's going to come at a cost this year. A lot of our Wisconsin strawberry growers, like all farmers, facing escalated costs. That includes Ed Burrs from Burrs Berry Patch in Barnevelt. He's a Wisconsin strawberry grower. And as a farmer, he said even he is shocked at the price that he's had to pay for some of the valuable inputs that he needs. Uh, we've kind of altered, I guess, where we got some of our supplies from, particularly the the inputs of fertilizers, chemicals, um, those sort of things going on in the field. There's been a little bit of delay getting some of that, so I've kind of searched around Wisconsin and been able to get get that input, that stuff in. The only the only big problem we had is the cost is you know people think uh, gasoline's expensive, but they ought to try to buy some farm supplies. Um, some of the stuff's outrageous. I think I'm paying almost three times the amount of money for nitrogen fertilizer this spring compared to last year's. That's Ed Burrs from Burrs Berry Patch in Barneveld, one of our Wisconsin strawberry growers, trying to get their patches ready for you probably the first week of June this year. But again, reminding you, they have witnessed some escalated costs and may need to pass some of that expense on to you. If you want to find a local berry grower, I remind you, WIBerries.org has a great map, WIBerries.org. Wisconsin corn and soybean growers facing escalated costs. Like Ed said, fertilizer, just one of those items. Now making sure that you make every move count when it comes to spring planting and weed control is incredibly important. Why? Because we don't have a lot of rescue treatments to save things later this year. That's according to Dr. Rodrigo Worley, University Extension Weed Specialist. 
you know, the availability of product for burn down in season. Okay, that's where we're really tight. We're short on glyphosate. We're really, really short on glufosinate. Uh, so the options that we have for burn down of weeds post-emergence are limited. So we cannot afford, uh, you know, to miss a shot, if you would. So when we're putting things out there, we got to be doing them right because the product availability is limited, as hopefully most of all, most of us are aware by now. Dr. Rodrigo Whirling, University Extension Weed Specialist, just always reminding growers, have that conversation with your supplier. Make sure that you know what they've got available and maybe what they don't have available. Tell your Wisconsin dairy producers, although milk prices may sound lucrative, milk production here in Wisconsin not going up. The latest numbers for April milk production totaled 2.64 billion pounds within our borders. That's down slightly from last year. 1.27 million head of dairy cattle in the state. That's unchanged from the month of March, but down 1,000 cows compared to a year ago. And every one of those cows basically producing the same amount of milk she did this year as she did last. Now, the 24 major dairy producing states, which include Wisconsin, as a group saw milk production go down about 1% in April. Uh, 18.3 billion pounds of milk produced. So something that you kind of need to keep an eye on when it comes to your money at the grocery store. Well, let's talk about money. Markets right now in Chicago, well, they're mixed. Dow Jones Industrial Average, as I alluded to, down another more than 200 points this morning. Right now, December corn's down six, 734 and a quarter. November soybeans down a penny at 1498 and three quarters. July wheat's down 14 and a quarter, 1216 and a half. Yesterday in Chicago, barrel cheese was unchanged, but 40-pound block cheese gained a half at 237 and a half. 40-pound block cheese was up two and a quarter, 279 and a quarter. June milk up 24 cents, 2481 a hundredweight. Currently, July milk's up 38 cents, 2478 a hundredweight. All right, we're going to catch up next with our friend Katie Burgess, one of the team members for EverAg. She's going to talk more about those milk production figures and what's happening around the world with dairy. Stick around. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank, where we know it takes a team to make banking easier. When serving you, our bankers connect you with others on our team. Developing relationships with several bankers ensures that all your money matters are in harmony. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. What if you didn't care about being on the fast track? Instead of flying to the big interview, what if you flew somewhere else altogether? Like a village in Botswana or a tiny island in the Pacific where needs are easy to see. What if you decided to share your skills with others and help someone else get ahead? Peace Corps. Life is calling. How far will you go? To find out more, call 800-424-8580 or visit peacecorps.gov. Are you ready for the next generation of body sculpting? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Current body shaping devices have addressed unwanted stubborn fat and skin laxity. But what if we want more muscle strength and toning? MSculpt is our new body sculpting device at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie 
that uses high-intensity electromagnetic contractions with a 30-minute treatment described as equivalent to 20,000 crunches. M-Sculpt is approved for abdomen, arms, thighs, and calves. And it's also the world's first non-invasive butt toning and lifting procedure. M-Sculpt is a safe, effective addition to any workout program. The possibilities are endless. Let your natural beauty shine through. View our specials at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Speaking of updates, I want you to know I am paying attention to our rainfall reports. Uh, the Midwest Farm Report talk text lines, how you get that to us. Remember the number 877-301-FARM. And it doesn't have to be rainfall. Thank you this morning for your comments about our Alice in Dairyland previews. We appreciate that. From from Alto, just outside of Wapon this morning, about four-tenths of an inch of rain. Kyle down by Evansville, about a tenth of, tenth of an inch of rain. So, again, remember, 877-301-FARM is how you get me that information, whether it's rainfall or anything else. We're getting information this morning from our friend Katie Burgess, one of the team members with Everag, joining us this morning. And the headline this morning, Katie, is all about milk production figures. We've been talking about global milk supplies going down, not as many cows milking. Same thing here in the United States. The number that caught my attention, 98,000 fewer milk cows in the United States this April. That's that's kind of a big number, hey? Hey, good morning, Pam. Yes, that's a huge number. In fact, that's the biggest year-over-year deficit we've seen in the U.S. dairy herd dating back to 2010. And, you know, with less cows around, we're making less milk. So, here in the month of April, the report showed uh, milk production down 1%. Again, that's the second biggest decline we've seen since 2009. Yeah. That being said, as I look at cow numbers, we are seeing culling slow down here in the U.S. So the last few weeks, culling rates have been down 10% compared to year-ago levels. So I think those cow numbers are going to start to turn around and maybe climb a little bit higher. But we're starting from a pretty big hole. Well, and I think that there's probably uh, what other people are probably talking about in the industry, but we don't talk about to consumers. There may not be as many of our heifers that are out there, you know, coming into the milk line. That's kind of a number we don't always pay attention to. No, that's a great point. I want to, I don't remember the date off the top of my head, but I think the number of heifers to enter the dairy herd this year, the lowest since around 2005. And, you know, we have seen that over the past few years, it's been really expensive to raise heifers. So we're raising less of them. And with genetic advancements, we see more and more dairy producers breeding some of their dairy cows to beef, only getting the heifers they need. And so when we're in a situation like this, we don't have that big pool to draw from, like maybe we would have five or six years ago. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing from a lot of producers. You know, technology is a benefit to us some ways and a challenge in others. And like I said, uh, here in Wisconsin, we've been watching our numbers. We've been kind of keeping it closer to zero, but now it looks like we're slipping farther behind. That's true, too. We're down 1,000 cows compared to a year ago. Our milk production was down just a little bit here in the month of April, um, which, again, that's just the second time we've seen a decline in the past couple of years. So, you know, falling a little bit behind, but not as bad as 
the rest or some other places in the U.S. I mean, really, the only places we do see growth right now are South Dakota, where growth has been really strong, and Texas. Other than that, key dairy states, it's pretty quiet. Well, and that's a trend that we've been witnessing. So what should this tell us then, Katie? I think there's some consumers out there that say, wait a minute, milk price is going up. The milk price in Chicago, pretty lucrative. Help people better understand why the industry is not responding faster to those bigger milk prices. Yeah, I mean, we're looking right now for the month of May, likely setting a new record high class three price at $25. And we are, I'd say it's two pieces. So here in the U.S., including somewhat in Wisconsin, but even more prevalent in other dairy regions, a lot of processors are limiting how much producers can grow. Because if we think back to 2020 and the pandemic, we had way too much milk around and producers were forced to dump it. And so in response to that, processors are trying to keep milk supply in balance with what they can process. And so in regions, that's limiting growth, where in the past, We'd see milk, we'd see farmers responding and growing milk at these levels. Plus, globally, milk production is slow, to your point, Pam. And so it's a global market. And so until we see global milk price or global milk production pick up, prices are going to remain strong, which is good news for Wisconsin dairy producers, but, you know, maybe a challenge to consumers who are seeing higher prices on the shelf. Right. Well, and it's a tough way of life. I mean, people have to understand you don't just jump into the dairy industry and today you don't just decide to add on a lot of cows. It's a expensive venture. Let's talk a little bit more, Katie, about another issue that's been in the market. I don't want to talk. I don't want to blindside you. But this infant formula deal is a perfect example of how things in the dairy industry take time. Sounds like they've got some agreements going on with the Abbott situation at their Michigan plant. But this just takes time to get all that production back online. For sure. I mean, I think the reports I saw yesterday was they were still talking about even if everything starts going perfectly now, it's still eight weeks before that formula is available for for families to go out and buy. So, you know, it's definitely a sign of we are seeing, you know, infant formula as a very specialized product. It's important. It's safe for consumers. And so the fact that we you know, had one major plant go down has been a major challenge for families around the country. So hopefully they get that going pretty soon here. Do we think that is going to cause milk to flow from other places? Will that milk come from Wisconsin cheese plants, for example? I don't necessarily think so. I saw yesterday President Biden was directing suppliers that they needed to send their products to the baby formula plant rather than other places. But I think because it's such a specialized product and in the big scheme of things, the volume of milk that goes into there is small, say, compared to a giant cheese plant, that I don't think it necessarily has impacts that we're going to see reflected back in prices. Excellent. Well done, Katie Burgess. Thanks, kiddo, for stepping in this morning. We appreciate you. Thanks so much. All right. Katie Burgess, we're going to let her go. She's from EverAg. Remember, find them online at ever.ag. Super gal stepping in this morning for uh, Owen Feenstra, another one of the EverAg staff, and giving us the latest as far as milk production, not just in Wisconsin, but the 24 major dairy-producing states. And now you've got something more on that infant formula story as well. Catch you tomorrow morning.